Hello, this is Saddest Night Out, my name is Roy, and this is the 7th episode of this. I'm recording this on Thursday the 22nd of March, it's about quarter past nine, so... This will be, I think this will be a calm, quick episode. Yesterday's went on a little longer than I expected, at about 25 odd minutes. I am still loosely sticking to having a different topic each week that I dip into with each daily episode. So this week I'm talking about new music. I went to a friend's place yesterday to record a conversation that I'll post later this week. I think it will be my Sunday conversation for this week. Before we had the conversation, though, we we watched a movie on Netflix, a new film called Annihilation. And we checked out some of the trailers for other things on Netflix, TV shows, comedy specials, and movies. And I do love a trailer. Even though they've become a little bit formulaic these days, it feels. It's, it's something that I find funny these now. When you watch, especially when you watch films in the cinema and they have a whole bunch of trailers. How they all have that doom, that first deep note to set the tone that things aren't quite right. And then they'll have some sad piano version of an 80s song. Then you'll hear the bow. That was my very, very poor attempt at a bass drop. I'll let you know it's about to go down. And I found myself wondering if there's a musical equivalent. It's interesting. I always found it a little frustrating that it's taken as a given that you have to put in a few years... If you're in a band, your typical traditional, in air quotes, guitar band, you have to put in some hard graft touring. You have to put in a couple of... At least a year or so on the road, playing to empty rooms and earning your stripes. I always wondered if there was an organic shortcut to that method. Because it feels as though the alternative to that is to already have contacts within the industry such that when you arrive with your first piece of music, or even before your first piece of music, you've already got people talking about you. It's also, by the way, come to my attention that I don't remember entirely what I talk about each episode, so apologies in advance if you listen to some of these in a row and you happen to find I repeat myself a little. (coughs) (coughs) Also, yes, I still have a bit of a cough. Maybe it'll just never leave me. Maybe I'm just... This is my life now. I'm just always ill. Anyway, during the eu- the social media eulogies for NME magazine, which has ceased to exist as a print magazine except for special editions, I think it was the Public Access TV, the band, were talking about how NME was talking about them before they'd even put out any music. Now, to look at that band, they, they look like a, the textbook definition of a band. They're the kind of people, if you saw them walking together down the street, you'd be safe to make that assumption that they're probably in a band. But how do you get to the point where before you've played a show, before you've put out a release, you're already being mentioned in a magazine as a new band to, to watch out for? I can only imagine that means they've been in bands previously, so their names were known. And maybe this is more of a... Something similar to a supergroup. So these are established names who are just coming together. So that in itself is newsworthy. And I suppose a cynical view is that these people have contacts in the industry. So 
it's in the industry's best interest to promote this artist heavily, even though there's not much out there that might make someone think they are worthy of that attention. Another artist I think of who I has had an interesting trajectory from new artists is the band The 1975. They have a level of adoration among their fans. I can't think of many other bands from today that have a similar fandom. That isn't an outright boy band like One Direction. They've got some serious loyalty among their fans. And I find, I, it never ceases to interest me how at one point they were enemies worst band of the year and then a few years later their second album was enemy's album of the year and i don't think they changed much in between they for the most part had the same sound had the same approach and everything it was just the rest of the world caught up to them i i'm i'm a fair weather fan of pretty much everything there's very little music very few artists out there that i hardcore capital l love I've dug through the back catalogue, know everything about them, etc. So I've had a cursory glance at 1975, and it looks like in their earlier stages they put out a lot of shorter videos. Not official releases or anything like that, just black and white videos that felt more like mood pieces. In fact, even in their albums they have instrumental pieces that feel like mood pieces as well. And I feel like that's an, that is a method that feels very much of our time for an artist to introduce themselves. Not just strictly with, we're a band playing gigs, here's here's our show, or we're an artist that makes music, here's one of our songs, but just introducing the mood and atmosphere that you want to project to, to, to whoever could take an interest in you. <coughs> Someone else I'm hoping to talk to for the purpose of this this week's theme is a firm advocate of using Facebook to advertise your wares, whatever they may be, but particularly with music, Facebook is just the place to do it because you can focus and specialise your advertising to people who will be most likely to like positively receive your advert and act upon it instead of just ignoring it. And I don't know how much you could have done that in the past. Because now if you are... I'm, I am I flirt with the idea, but it's mainly... I'm very much... I've never been one to have a lot of money. So anytime I spend money, I'm very hesitant to do so. It has to be something unavoidable. So that I've got, so that I've got no choice but to spend the money. But advertising on social media platforms is something I've considered spending on. And I don't know how it works for how you can choose who to advertise to, but I'm guessing you can pick people who all follow a particular group of accounts, people who have expressed interest in certain things. So if you like Blade Runner and the band Interpol and the TV show, and I don't know, the TV show Altered Carbon, then you might like this music. I don't know what I, that, I don't know what I'd use as signifiers for who I should advertise to. I don't know how effective that is anyway, because, I mean, I consider myself an outlier, and I try to give most advertising that's thrown my way a chance. By the way, to anyone that's listening to this that advertises themselves on social media, make it really easy for me to find your music. A lot of 
links lead to a website that lead to a page that leads to music that but some of those links don't work so I don't really get that's all I want I just want to hear the music so I can make that decision although I'm a bit of a selfish listener so perhaps taking it harder to find the music might make me feel more invested I don't know there's so many more I feel like there's just a much longer conversation an artist has to have with themselves before they start a conversation with a potential audience and I wonder if that in itself can make or break an artist. Because I imagine in the past you'd make whatever you're making and bring it to the gatekeepers and they decide what's marketable and what isn't. But now you don't even have to wait to talk to a label or a management person or whatever to have that conversation. Before you even put up your first YouTube video, you can probably find yourself stymied in, hmm, who is this for? How's the best way to advertise this? Who will this attract, etc.? I'm starting to think that advertising on social media is going to become the next level of the next evolution of artists, performers that you see in the street who have a hat or a cup out for donations. It's weird. Living in this time when there's just so much music and everyone everyone wants your attention. And oftentimes it feels manipulative, like all they want is for you. That's one thing that kind of irritates me specifically a pet peeve when people follow you you follow them back and they stop following you and they're just trying to accrue the numbers and I, I it makes sense to the passerby the more numbers you have next to your name the more likely they are to think oh I guess they're a serious concern I'll check it out I don't know just a bunch of thoughts and now now the talking part's done. We'll get to the music part. I'm still... I'm hoping to do the music version, or the more music-heavy version of this on Saturday. Tomorrow I'm going to see Fur at Old Blue Last, which I'm looking forward to. And I'll hopefully get a bit of a conversation with them too. It won't have to be anything long. It's just a ten-minute thing of... Who are you? Where'd you come from? It's a classic thing that game shows used to say. What's your name? Where'd you come from? But yeah, seeing... Fur the old blue last tomorrow, open mic like Saturday, possibly going to film quiz at Genesis Cinema on Sunday. And now to play us out on this our seventh get together. I'll play a little electric guitar. This is a short and sweet instrumental piece. Uh I hope you enjoy. Maybe a bit loud.
I hope you could hear that. I don't know how loud that was. It's after 9 o'clock, so I'm aware of being too loud when I play with the amp. But yeah, that's it for me. Thank you for listening, and I'll see you at some point tomorrow. Saddest Night Out. You can find me online, Twitter, Instagram, at Saddest Night Out. Do feel free to pledge to my Patreon a pound a month, patreon.com slash saddestnightout. Otherwise, thanks for your time, and I'll catch you at some point tomorrow. See ya.